This year, Parashat Vayichi is Lidui Nishmat Rav Pinchas Ben Rav Ruven HaKohen Zal. We hope that the Neshama will have an Aliyah based on the Torah that we learned today. No one heard you. Okay, nice to see you all. It's a nice night to be someplace. I'm not sure if this is the place. Okay, so what I wanted to discuss was Ephraim and Menashe. Ephraim and Menashe, as you know, were the children of Yosef. The children of Yosef that were born in Egypt. The children of Yosef that were born in Egypt. That itself, that itself is uh, the beginning of a remarkable story because if you think about it, how Jewish could Ephraim and Menashe be? We could all think about examples of people that we know who came from one place to another, who didn't have a Jewish community to attach to. It was very hard for children growing up and their parents telling them, no, you're Jewish, you know, where they have no connection at all to being Jewish. That remains a kind of a problem. So who were Ephraim and Menashe? I mean, we don't really know. But we do know that they were given great honor by Yaakov. Yaakov, the father of Yosef, the grandfather of Ephraim and Menashe, gave them significant honor, right? And so let's learn the psukim first, some of the psukim, which will get us involved in this story. Um, the, pos- uh, the first uh, source on the page, and there's a, like, that's sort of like the Torah is saying there's a continuing story. That mm-hmm. there was some story before about Yosef and Yaakov and Yaakov, uh, where Yaakov would, uh, would direct Yosef to bury him. Right? That kind of story. After those things, and Yosef received the message your father is sick which meant that they thought that the medicine of that time was pretty confident that he would he, the father Yaakov, would be dying uh, Rashi says you see that Rashi next, next to the Chumash Achad min hamagidim one of the people whose job it is, it was apparently a job, to tell stories or to keep you up on, on current events. I mean, they didn't have Ynet or anything similar to that. So somebody had to actually tell you what was going on. means a shortened pasuk. Shortened meaning there are words missing, but you could kind of put them in on your own, 
right? And he said to Yosef. What it doesn't say is who he is, right? So that's a mikra katsar. There's something missing in the pasuk. Now, uh, that's either something very important or not so important. Let's see what Rashi says. The Yeshomrim Ephraim Ayaragil Lifne Yaakov Betalmuth. The Yeshomrim, there are those who say, the Chazal, right? Rashi's always talking about about Chazal, how they saw it, what tradition they might have had. So what did they say? What did Chazal say? The Chazal said, that Ephraim would go to learn with his grandfather, which is something that uh, today is not uncommon, right? Children learning with their grandparents. Goshen. When uh, when Yaakov got sick and they were worried about him, Halach Ephraim Eitzel Aviv LeMitzrayim VeGidlo. So Ephraim was learning with Yaakov in the land called Goshen, and according to this Rashi, Goshen and Mitzrayim are not really the same. Uh, what sort of a principality Goshen was, we don't know, but it was the place that the Jews found themselves. And one of the reasons, one of the reasons for being in Goshen is because they were not uh, given to the influence, the influence of the Egyptians who were in Mitzrayim. Now it's true that the Jews became slaves. Slaves means the lack of free will. Right? You could only do what they tell you to do. Uh, but they still seem to have had some kind of independence in Goshen, when they lived in Goshen. And you know, at the end of last week's parasha, it speaks, of, it says that B'nai Yisrael, it says the phrase, Vayechezubach. They grabbed onto it. They grabbed onto the land of Goshen. They were the primary community in that land. So here we have a picture. I have a picture, a very positive picture. Ephraim wants to learn Torah. He, who does he go? His father is busy. You know, like, you know, like most fathers are busy. So he goes to his grandfather, who's not busy. But grandfather has a lot of free time. So the introduction that we get, okay, the, 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 Top, what he came to speak about was that his father, his grandfather was sick. So he ran to his father to tell him because, you know, that's how it should be. But as a background to the story of Ephraim and Manasseh, what Rashi is telling us is that Ephraim was a real Jew. He was the kind of Jew that Rashi himself would appreciate. How do you know? Well, he knows because that's what the tradition of Chazal taught him. That's what, that's what, Rashi, that's what Rashi says. But uh, the technical entree of Chazal into this idea was the fact that there's something missing in the Pasuk. Right? That's, you know, like you have these stages. Right? You have these stages. Now let's look on. Uh, I, I'm sorry. Back to the Pasuk. Then Vayikach, the next word is Vayikach, right? Vayikach, 
he took his his children, Menashe and Ephraim, and he said, "Let's go, let's go, because your father, my father, is dying. My father, your <laughs> grandfather, is dying, and we have some business to settle. Well, there's something we have to do." Now we, we think a bracha is a good thing. But if, if I try to like go back in time, what exactly was Yosef interested in? What, what was Yosef missing? I mean, Yosef was the king of the world. Uh, he was the primary economic advisor to Paro. He had purchased all of the land of Mitzrayim for the, for the king. I mean, he was, he was an economic whiz. I mean, what exactly, what bracha was he looking for that Yaakov would give his, Yaakov would have a bracha for his grandsons? Like, uh, uh, what, what did Yosef think that they were going to get? But that's what, that's what Rashi says. That Yaakov should, should bless them before he dies. The next pasuk. Next pasuk, pasuk bet. So, when he came, somebody told Yaakov, Your son, Yosef, has come to see you. Rashi, the Magid he mentioned before. Right? In other words, this Magid, if you know, if you remember all of Rashi and the Chumash, you should remember, you know that Rashi very often, when there is, um, when there's a nameless person, when there's a nameless person, he gives him a name. He tells you who he is. When Avram Avinu went with Yitzchak and Shnehan Na'arim and two young or youths went along with him, so Rashi says, Rashi says, Eliezer, and Yishmael. Yishmael. What? Yishmael. What? Yishmael. Ah. Eliezer and Yishmael. <coughs> so of course the question is, uh, what did Rashi do? But the Torah says they don't have a name. How can you say they do have a name? Okay, he got it from Chazal. He got it from Chazal that they have a name. But, but, but if they have a name, why did the Torah give them a name? So, so, in, in, uh, you have to remember that sometimes people who have a name don't have a function in this particular case. And sometimes people who don't have a name really don't have a name. They really don't have any, they're just there. So here you have a case where there's a Magid. A Magid is somebody who doesn't have a name and doesn't really have a job. He's just doing something perfunctory uh, 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 you know, something he do, he's telling Yaakov who came in who went out who, uh, so that's a person who is not going to have a name ever whereas Yishmael Yishmael and uh, Eliezer they have names but in Akedat Yitzchak they have no function 
they, they're, they're out as, as the Abraham and Yitzchak go up on the mountain and the and Eliezer and Yishmael are left behind they're truly left behind I mean they came along for the ride but they were not able to integrate themselves into the story they have no role in the story of Akedat Yitzchak okay so here we have a Magid here we have a Magid and the Magid tells us things that we don't know who he is the end of the Pasuk, the end of that Pasuk is where Yitzchazek Yisrael v'yeshev al-amitah Yisrael, you know, in an act having uh, spent some time in a hospital recently <laughs> you could do that, you know, you like to prove that you're still alive and you gotta pick yourself up and do whatever it is you, have, you could do so Yaakov, who was on the verge of death because that's why Yosef and his sons came Yaakov was on the verge of death by Yitchazek, but he grabbed onto himself by Yitchazek Yisrael by Yeshev Alamita, and he sat on the bed instead of, I guess, lying on the bed. So, what does Rashi say by Yitchazek Yisrael? Right, Amar Yisrael said, according to Rashi, Avo Pishu Bini, even though he is my son, Melechu. He is nevertheless a king. And so, and therefore I will give him the honor that the king deserves. From this we learn that it's reasonable to give honor to kingship, not Jewish kingship. Kingship is apparently in some, on some level a universal idea. So if there is a king, you should give him honor. You should make a bracha, as how, how we do that. Uh, this is, uh, he brings several examples. I don't want to get into them because they would take us uh, far afield. But this is where we learn, Rashi says this often, that there's something, even though it took place before the Torah was given, and we know that all the mitzvot that we do derive from the time of Har Sinai, not before Har Sinai, right? The, the example, the primary example for this is, uh, of course, Brit Milah. Whereas, even though the Brit Milah was done in the family of Avram Avinu long before Matan Torah, nevertheless, Nevertheless, the Rabbam says, and you know, and generally agreed, that we do the mitzvah of milah because at Har Sinai, Hakadosh Baruch Hu told us to do the mitzvah of milah, and not because it was a separate command for Avram. Now, this is an interesting idea, but you have to think about it. You talk about the bracha for a king. Didn't you want to make a bracha for the duke? Which duke? Duke of Edinburgh. Didn't you want to make a bracha for him? Where are you from? <laughs> How could you know that? Because you told the story in Lincoln Square Synagogue. I did? Oh, yeah. Oh. You thought you were going to make a bracha for I know for I shouldn't Schneider. go there. <laughs> no, the story was since you uh, disturbed my trend of thought. <laughs> 
the story was that in in England in Bournemouth in Bournemouth I was there f- for a Shabbos I was there a Shabbos the, the, the shul, there were a lot of Jews in the shul because Bournemouth became a kind of a vacation place and people used to go there for Shabbos and so anyway I was there and so um, in the English manner some guy looking very serious comes over to me and he says Rabbi we understand you're a rabbi would you like to be the rabbi for Shabbat <laughs> because they didn't have a rabbi there's no rabbi in the shul we like to be rabbi in Shabbat so because I was young and enthusiastic I would not make that mistake again <laughs> I said I said okay what would you like me to do you like me to teach something on the parasha you like me to teach something on halacha he says no rabbi we need you to say the blessing for the king which in English shuls is a big deal it was like uh, somebody gets up and in some shuls even wearing uh, the trappings of an English minister with a fancy hat and, uh, and, and he says the blessing which is printed in the Sidur the blessing for the, the king now the king has a family so I said listen I'm from Brooklyn it's not going to come out right <laughs> no rabbi it's fine we're like very modern we know about Brooklyn we know where it is I said I, I knew already that it was a mistake so when I got to the Duke of Edinburgh in the list of people that I was supposed to bless it came in my mind the only thing I could think of was Duke Snyder <laughs> which was the wrong thing to think about <laughs> so the pronunciation in England in Bournemouth was I, I can't even imagine what those English people would have thought at that moment but that's what happened so I blessed the Duke Snyder instead of blessing the Duke of Edinburgh. <laughs> so that's that's the story. That's the story. Not a bad story. Okay. So that's so Rashi sometimes, Rashi sometimes tells us that there are halachot embedded in the text of the Torah, even though we don't really learn it from there. But we learned it from a tradition that started at Har Sinai. Right? So that's what Rashi, that's what Rashi says. Uh, he says, Pasuk Dalet, drop the Pasuk Dalet. Vayome elai inim africhavir b'ticha v'taticha l'kalamim v'natati ta'aretz azot l'zarecha acharecha achuzat olam. So there you have it. This Pasuk, remember this Pasuk. If you, even if you don't remember any others, remember this. Vayome elai. I'm sorry, I skipped the pasuk. The pasuk gimel. Vayomer Yaakov al Yosef el Shaddai nerei lai belutz beretz kenan vayevarechoti. So Yaakov, Yaakov says to Yosef, right? El Shaddai refers to power. It's a, it's one of the names of God, 
refers to the powerfulness. When I was leaving Eretz Yisrael, God came and blessed me. Now what does that mean? I mean, what, what are we supposed to think? That God, I mean, something we're supposed to think. There's no doubt about that. What, what, what would you think it meant that Yaakov had now is taking the time to say to his son, and his grandchildren are standing there listening. And he's saying, God came to me and blessed me. So I think that what you have to understand about the story is that Yaakov is telling us that even though the bracha was originally given to Avram Avinu, right? The bracha was given to Avram Avinu. You will be this and you will be that and you will be big and you will be strong and you'll have a lot of progeny. Right, that's the bracha to Yaakov Avinu. That bracha, that bracha given to Yaakov Avinu was not simply inherited, but had to be earned in some way. In, in other words, that bracha, if, if, if it wasn't attached to somebody, to some event, something that happened, something that was done, it would disappear. It would disappear. So Yaakov is saying to Yosef, Yaakov is saying to Yosef, means even though God gave the bracha to Avram Avinu, my grandfather, I had to get the blessing on my own. I had to get it somehow. So Rashi says, uh, Rashi says nothing. Right? It's a Pasuk Dalet. That's why I read Pasuk Dalet before. So there's that one bracha. The bracha of a lot of progeny, a lot of children, a lot of, you'll become a great nation. Hashem says to Avram Avinu, you're one person, but my bracha that I'm giving you is that you'll become a great nation, great in population. Right? And the second bracha is, right, the second bracha, onatati et ha'aretz hazot lizaracha acharecha achuzat olam. That somehow the land of Canaan will become the land that is associated with you, again, Avram Avinu, passed on to Yaakov, passed on to Yaakov, this double bracha. The double bracha is uh, progeny and land of Canaan. You get both uh, both of these both of these brachot. Rashi explains you become the the leader of many nations of many people. Bisarani, God told me Shatidim me many od kahalva amim that from me will come many uh, uh, communities, nations, even though God has told me, right, nations, communities, so he says, it's like it's, it's like like a yeshiva kind of of analysis. 
he says, God has promised that I would be the head of many nations. There would be nations. But the only, that was when I had a son whose name was Binyamin. Remember Binyamin? <laughs> right, he was the last son born to Yaakov. That's uh, Binyamin. Kahal Goyim, but it ought to have a kahal of Goyim, like a, a large number of, uh, of people. You have to have at least Shnayim. At least Shnayim besides Binyamin. Veshuv lo nolad lo ben. But he didn't have any other sons. Binyamin was the last son that Yaakov had. Lamdeni, so from this I learned, Sha'atid echad mishivtei lechalek. So from this I learned that there is a bracha within the bracha. The bracha was kahal goyim. You'll have a lot of nations, right? The, the bracha in the bracha is that two of them, two of these nations will be Ephraim and Menashe. And that's what he says to Yosef. That's what Yaakov says to Yosef. Now this is a very important thing, but we have to wait a few minutes till we, uh, uh, till we figure out why. According to Rashi, it fits, it fits in. It's like Yaakov says to Yosef, you know, I didn't know what it meant at the time, but now I know what it means. I know that it means that, I, that, that from the children that are born to one of my children, Yosef, they will also become nations. They will also become great, right? That's what, that's what Rashi says. And so I figured it out. I figured it out, uh, he says. And so the two sons that you had, one of whom was caught learning with his grandfather, somehow maintaining the traditions of the family. We don't know how that happened, but it seems to have happened according to, according to Rashi. According to that, your two sons will become, as the Pesach says, Lehem. Uh, they become my sons. Ephraim and Menashe. Ephraim and Menashe, your sons, become like Reuven and Shimon, my sons. Uh, this is an absolute amazing thing because we know, now we know, according to Rashi, the way Rashi learned, that this is correct. That Yaakov was correct. I mean, how did Yaakov know it? How did Yaakov know he was supposed to, to, to adopt the, the two grandchildren? It was like sort of a strange idea. But Yaakov knew it because he learned the Pasuk. He learned the Pasuk. Which Pasuk? Uh, uh, I once, let's say, uh, it says in the Pasuk, Goy Ukahal Goyim. Goy, right, Ukahal Goyim. So Binyamin will be born, and there will also be Kahal Goyim. So Yaakov figured out that Kahal Goyim meant uh, the children of Yosef. The children of Yosef, that's what, that's what, the, what he said. Okay. Ephraim uh, Menashe, Kiruvein Vishimon, Liho Lihem. Rashi and Posakei, Anola Dim Lichad Bo Ielecha, 
Lifnei bo lecha Before I came here to Mitzrayim, Kolomar, Shenoldu, Mishe parashta mimeni, Adshe they were born somehow in between the time that you left, you Yosef left my house, you, know, you disappeared from the world until I came to Mitzrayim. And so that's how I identified the people. That's how I identified the people. And so uh, step one in this makeover, in the makeover is to make Ephraim and Menashe, Ephraim and Menashe, children of Yaakov. The children of Yaakov. We don't know why, but we know that that was the right thing to do, according to Rashi. The right thing to do, and so Yaakov, Yaakov did it, right? He did that. One, uh, one, uh, uh, one more pasuk, I'm sorry, we read that. Lihem, you see Lihem? The rest of the Rashi. Becheshbon Sha'ar Yiyu Nichlalim. There'll be somehow twelve supposed to have twelve sons, remember? Twelve Shvatim. There'll still be twelve Shvatim. Mm-hmm. How come there'll be twelve Shvatim? We don't know yet. But we know ultimately that Levi was a kind of funny Shevet. It didn't it had uh, excess spiritual uh, content and a lack of physical ownership of land which was itself a denial of the bracha of Abraham but there's something also to think about so Rashi says Rashi lihem b'cheshbon she'ar b'nai heim litol chelik ba'aretz ish kinegdo Rashi doesn't relate to Levi at all okay pasuk vav the last pasuk, umoladetecha, the place from which you were born, asheholadetach rehem lechayiyu, al shemachehem yikaru binachalata moladetecha, the place where you were born, right? So Rashi says, Rashi explaining Yaakov, why does he add this idea of the place where you were born? So that will be, that will be yours. Im tolid od lo yiyu b'minyan banai ela betoch shivtei Ephraim u'menashe yiyu nichlalim. If you have more children, Yosef, you have more more children, then they will not become tribes. They won't be listed in the tribal list. Uh, <coughs> they won't be tribes, and uh, uh, instead. They will be absorbed somehow into the tribes of Ephraim and Menashe. I don't know how that happened, but we know. Well, we'll get to that in a minute, right? So Rashi says, Rashi says, "Velo yehelahem shame b'shvatim linyana nachala." They won't have a separate case for the inheritance of the land of Canaan. Vava pishenit. Even though we know when the land was, remember there was a uh, a pious, what's a pious? Uh, a, lottery. a lottery, right? So, you know, there was a lottery, and that's how it was divided up. So everybody got a piece, 
but everybody actually got this, the, a piece that was somehow equivalent to his uh, to the amount of people in his family so the fact that you are a descendant of Yosef of Ephraim or the children, other children of Yosef it didn't make any difference you got all the same you, everybody got the same amount same amount meaning the number of people in his family were given an allotment so if you had a bigger family you got more and a smaller family you got less but it didn't matter it didn't matter what tribe you belonged to because you always got an amount that was equal to uh, the size of your family that's what Rashi so Rashi says they don't have a separate case for uh, Nachala everybody got the same amount except for the four firstborn who got twice as much right that only Ephraim and Menashe became uh, tribes so we're, we're left with this very interesting story that Rashi has taught us and the story is about ultimately about how Yaakov actually planned a special bracha for Ephraim and Menashe and that special bracha is somehow connected to the fact that Ephraim and Menashe would become tribes equal children of Yaakov and why this is all happening is not perfectly is not perfectly uh, clear to us so if you look at the second source and you have to remember Avram Avinu Avram Avinu HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to Avram Avinu Lech Lecha Me'atzecha and then good things are going to happen to you you listen listen to, to the divine command and good things happen to you so the first pasuk is pasuk bet parakut bet pasuk bet that's chala goy gadol I'll make you into a great nation. And I will bless you. And I will increase your name. And you will be a bracha. Now what is ve'ye? What is ve'ye bracha? What could that possibly mean? <coughs> Remember Vayei Bracha? Mm-hmm. So Rashi says, you remember one of the interpretations that Rashi gives has something to do with Shemona Esrei. No? That we say, even though we say, Abraham, but we say the Bracha, Baruch Hashem, we say Magen Abraham. So Rashi says, Vayei Bracha means that when it comes to saying the bracha, everybody, all the Jewish people, are going to say Magen Abraham. And not, even though the rule is that the bracha should somehow contain the information of the paragraph. The paragraph says Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. And the bracha says Abraham. So here, in this pasuk, Rashi says, well, that was a special dispensation that God gave 
to Abraham. And that's what Ve'yebracha, that's what Ve'yebracha means. So now there's another Pasuk, Reshit. Perak Bem Zayin Pasuk Kavchet. You see the second Pasuk? Ve'yechi Yaakov Be'eretz Mitzrayim Shvaz Reishana. So you all know Yaakov lived 17 years in Eretz Mitzrayim, and those were the best 17 years of his life. That's why it says Ve'yechi Yaakov, Ve'yechi, he lived. He was really alive during those 17 years. But they say, why he was so alive? What was he so alive about? He tries, Reishana Ve'yechi, Yemei Yaakov Shnei Chayav Shva Sheva Shanim Ve'abayimu Me'at Shana. He lived all in all, all the years of his life, 147 years. Right? 17 years were the last 17 years of his life. And they were special. They were special years. Rashi says, you see the Rashi? Rashi says, Vayichi Yaakov, Lama, this is our parsha. in case you were wondering. Mm -hmm. We're now up to the parsha Vayichi. Rashi says, Lava parashazo stuma. Stuma means stopped up. Like you put a cork in a bottle, that's satum, stuffed up. Where is it stuffed up? Well, usually there's a break. You know, when you, when you are reading from a Torah scroll, you know that the, that the, the lettering in the scroll is worked out by paragraphs, right? And usually, between the end of one parasha and the beginning of the next parasha, there's a paragraph, like a, like a blank, right? But when it comes to the parasha of Vayigash and Vayichi, there's no paragraph divider. So Rashi asked that question, Lama parasha zostuba, how come there's no space? And the word that Rashi uses is satum. Satum, you know, in, 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 uh, in Israeli Hebrew, Israeli Hebrew today, you know, if you say somebody, you want to say, you don't know what's going on, you say, satum. Who satum? Who levin klum? That's regular Israeli Hebrew. So, lava parasha zostuma. How come this parasha has something, some secret that we can't access? Because there's no space. And the spaces, Chazal say, the spaces in the Sefer Torah were made so that Moshe Rabbeinu should reflect upon what he was teaching B'nai Israel. But if there's no space, you can't reflect. You can't understand what's going on. So Rashi says, Lava parasha zostuma. When Yaakov Avinu died, Nistimu Einehem Vilibam Shal Yisrael. Einehem Vilibam, their eyes and their hearts became stopped up. They, they, they couldn't figure it out. Mitzarat Hashi Abud. And all of a sudden they found themselves enslaved. They found themselves enslaved. Right? That, uh, that they started to to enslave them. And the Jews, instead of running away, it's like a question. 
So what, how come they stayed? I mean, after all, they weren't slaves when they came to Mitzrayim. But they were slaves when they were in Mitzrayim. So how did that happen? How did it happen that the non-slaves became slaves? So Rashi offers an interesting idea. He says, he says, the fish Yaakov Avinu, when Yaakov Avinu died, Yisrael, they were unable to see, they were unable to feel with their hearts. So in other words, what Rashi is saying is, Yaakov had eyes, and Yaakov had a heart. What does that mean? He was able to look at the situation in Mitzrayim and say, it's bad, let's get out of here. Let's, let's, let's not stay a day longer than we should, Yaakov. But according to Rashi, Yaakov died. <laughs> And there was no one to take his place. So you know who it is. You know who it is how people are. They say, how many times do you have to shoot somebody in New Jersey for the Jews to get nervous? Oh, a lot of times. I mean, I don't wish it upon them, but I'm just saying uh, it's very rare, very rare that people could make a, a, an honest evaluation about how things are going. Right? So according to Rashi, or the Rashi, Yaakov had that job. That was Yaakov's position in Mitzrayim and everybody knew it. And then, and so when Yaakov died, they, they didn't get it. So the Egyptians came and said, look, we need a few guys to do work here, or we need guys to do work there. And, and they, they fell for it. They fell for it. And so Rashi says, Rashi says, Dabaracher, right? Dabaracher. You know Rashi? Sometimes he gives two interpretations, sometimes three interpretations, two interpretations. Rashi, I mean, there must be a reason. You know, there's got to be a reason for why Rashi gives more than one interpretation. It's a Dabaracher. Shebikesh legalot etaketz levanav v'nistam mimenu. Contrary. It was commentary two is uh, the opposite of commentary A. The other A said that that uh, Yaakov Avinu understood and was able to maintain a balance for the rest of his family. They weren't. Gonna, they were not going to become slaves as long as he was around. But then he died, and they became slaves. Alternative, alternatively, Yaakov wanted to legalote the kids. He wanted to tell them what would be exactly the same, the opposite of the, the first comment. Yaakov wanted to tell the children of Israel, his children, the children of Israel, what would be, how long they would have to suffer, how much time they would have to invest in whatever they were doing. And but what happened? What happened? He couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. Okay, another another pasuk. Another pasuk. Bereshit perek mem hey pasuk tetzayin. 
right? Yaakov is blessing the children of Yosef. And he says, This is a posuk that became popular as the result of a tune. <laughs> right, which is a blessing for certain psukim. I can imagine the psukim up in heaven are vying for a good tune, you know, like, you know, something that we could all connect to. No, I will not suggest that we should sing it now. <laughs> but when you leave, as you leave, you could sing. The malach, right, you remember. When Yaakov left Eretz Canaan, there were Malachim Olim Yordim, And when he came back to Eretz Canaan, there were also the Machaneh of, of, uh, of angels. HaMalach HaGoel Otimikol Ra Yivarech Et Ha'ne'arim There it is. Yivarech Et Ha'ne'arim How did Yivarech Et Ha'ne'arim come in? Because Yaakov said to Yosef, remember Yaakov said to Yosef, I've got to pass on the bracha, but there's got to be two of them. One is not good enough. So, so Ephraim and Nashe are going to get in there. Right? The They'll remember me and the name my father, Avraham and Yitzchak, my grandfather, <laughs> Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, they are kind of the uh, uh, source of the bracha. This is a special, special bracha. Rashi says, Rashi says, Hamalach HaGoeloti. You see the Rashi? Malach HaRagil Hishtaleach Elai Bitsarati. There's a malach that comes and helps me out when I'm in trouble. Ginyan shene'emar vayomer elai malach ha'elokim b'chalom Yaakov v'chulei Anochi ha'el b'yitel There's a malach that comes identifies himself identifies and helps me out when I'm, when I'm in trouble. Uh, Rashi Rashi continues Yevarechet ha'ne'arim Menashe Ephraim, right? Menashe Ephraim. Vidgu kidagim alalo sheparim veravim veein ein hara sholetet bahem. Okay, vidgu larov, vidgu larov. They'll be like fish, fish in the water. They have a lot of. They manage to produce a lot of progeny all at once. The last pasuk in this list of psukim is Bereshit Perk Bemtet Pasuk Alabaikra Yaakov et Banava Yomer Eyasfu Vagidalachem et Asheikra et Chem Veacharita Yamim. So everything that happened up to here is about the, is, is in order that this pasuk should be accurate. In other words, before he called together all his children, he had to know who all his children were. So all his children, of course, include Ephraim and Menashe. So he had to kind of promote them. He had to give them this promotion that they were supposed to get, Ephraim and Menashe. Rashi says, Rashi says, interestingly, 
Bikesh Nigalotadaketz, he wanted to reveal the end of things to them, and he wasn't able to. In other words, in the previous Pasuk, in the previous, previous, previous Pasuk, Perek uh, Memzai and Pasuk Kavchet, uh, Rashi says, Lama Nistima. Lama Parashazot Nistima. Lufi Shekevan Shiniftar Yaakov Avinu Nistimu Enehem Belibam Shal Yisrael Mitzarot Ashiyabud Shehetchil Shabdam. Right, the Varcher, she became the Galota the Kates Livanav, Vinistami Menu. So here it says, became the Galota the Kates Vinistami Menu, and then in the last Pasuk it says, became the Galota the Kates Vinistalkash Kinami Menu. Vitril Omer Dvarim Acherim. Why does that have to say it twice? So I guess that Yaakov thought that the reason that the first pasuk that says nistamam that he was not able to see clearly, he was not able to know what to tell his children. That that pasuk, that pas, that pasuk in uh, the beginning of the parsha vayechi, was before he elevated his grandsons to the level of uh, of sons. And so he may have thought, Yaakov, that there's unfinished business. I mean, the reason that God is not allowing him to see the future, to understand what's going to be, to have clarity that he could pass on to his children, because he has not yet, he has not yet given Ephraim and Manasseh their due. And so even after he gives Ephraim and Manasseh what they deserve, the Pasuk again says, no, no, he still couldn't do it. There still could not be clarity which says something about the way we live. Right? We live with a certain lack of clarity. We would like to be, to know exactly what's going to happen, how it's going to be. You know, people like to talk about uh, whatever reality they're in as though they understand it perfectly. Right? This is this Gemara, or this is this Pasuk, and not some other, but, but really, we don't know. Really, we don't know. We can think in those terms, but we can't say that we actually know. So I wanted to wanted to tell you something that the uh, Svatamet said. Svatamet, you remember, is the second Gera Rebbe. Second Gera Rebbe. The first Gera Rebbe was the Chidushi Harim. The first Gera Rebbe was the Chidushi Harim. His son died while his father was still the Rebbe. And his grandson became the Rebbe, right? That was, and he, his book, he called himself the Svat Emet, right? So you know that the, uh, the, the, the Rebbeim of uh, Ger had a name, had a family name, which was Rottenberg, of course. But they changed it to Alter. It was the, it was the name of the mother of the Svatamet. The mother's family was Alta. And because uh, the, the Russian government, uh, you know, they were always after 
after the Rebbe's. I mean, they were they were right. I mean, the reason they were generally generally the reason that they were not happy with the Rebbe's was because the Rebbe smuggled money. It doesn't sound so good, does it? They smuggled money. What do I mean? They smuggled money. They used to collect money, charity. They they sent mostly to Eretz Israel, right? Because the people of Eretz Israel didn't have many op options about raising money for themselves. And certainly working was not one of the options. So, uh, so they would catch the Rebbe's holding money and because they were trustworthy by the people who gave the money. And uh, sometimes they would arrest them. That's what happened to the Lubavitcher Rebbe, you know, was arrested and put into jail because of this. So anyway, in any event, that's the Svatimet. The Svatimet became popular. His commentary on the Chumash became very popular in recent years, more popular than any ever before, and everybody learns it. The new, in fact, the new edition of the Svatimet was published by was published by a Datil Umi community in. Uh, Oretzion. Yeah, Oretzion. You know Oretzion? So they put out the Sfat Emet in a more readable, uh, pleasant kind of uh, edition so that, you know, their sales are in the direction of Dati Lumi and, uh, and so, so everybody learns the Sfat Emet. So here, look at the Svatimet. It's at the bottom, the bottom four lines. <coughs> he says, "Vatash lebanecha," right? That a private menasha will be like my two sons. Vatahu hamshachat derechadash. The Svatimet says, "I identify something new, something I didn't know before," and he says, "Lachain ita vata." The chain ita vata is when it says the vata shnei banecha. Well, why do you, why do you have to say ata? Now, I mean, you could leave it out. You could leave that pasuk, that word out of the pasuk, and you get the same pasuk. He says der chadash lachain ita vata l'shon tshuva. He says he has certain sources that say the word vata, and now it'll happen. Now it'll happen right away is related to the notion of doing tshuva. L'fi shebal tshuva tzarich l'amshich der chadash l'takein mashakilkeh. He says, contrary to what people generally think, that you do tshuva, like you go to shul on Yom Kippur, and then when Yom Kippur ends, you start eating like crazy. No. He says, the kilkul, the thing that is messed up in the world as a result of what you did, you have to fix it. You have to fix it. You can't say, I did tshuva. Even if you did do tshuva. If you did tshuva and you were really very sincere. But if you left behind, you left behind the whole trail of, of uh, uh, unreasonable activity. Like even just, people talk lush and horror. People talk lush and horror. And then they do tshuva. So you think the Lashon Havas 
stops hovering around, that it disappears from the world, doesn't disappear. It's there. So that your obligation as a Baal is to wipe out that hovering Aveira of, of, uh, of the Tshuva. He says, the Takein Mashakil Kel, you have to fix it. Vechein Asakhan Yaakov Derech Hadash. And Yaakov created a new way, Derech Hadash. Ve'elah B'nei Yosef, Ve'elah B'nei Yosef, he raised the sons of Yosef to a higher level. Liotlem Dvekut Ba'avot, in order that they should cleave to the fathers, Avram Yitzhak Yaakov. Kivoshe Katuv in the Pasuk, Vayikra Bahem Shmi Vishem Avotai. Bahem. Bahem meaning Ephraim and Menashe. Ephraim and Menashe will be like me. They'll be like me. They'll be like all their fathers. Aval Moladetecha Bechulei Al Shem Achehem Yikaru. Moladetecha. Right? The ones who were born afterwards, after Ephraim and Menashe. Al Shem Achehem Yikaru. They will be called by the names of their brothers, Ephraim and Menashe. Shedvekut Ashivan Nefesh Ube Ayudbet Shvatim. In other words, what makes it possible for the people who went down to Mitzrayim, the 70 people who went down to Mitzrayim, it's only because they're part of a Shevet that enables them to do real tshuva. And the, and the Yud Beit Shvatim, according to the Pasuk, they're somehow connected to the level of the fathers Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, Elad, Menasheh, Ephraim, Letoah, Shvatim. And Ephraim and Menasheh become part of the Shvatim, they're also Shvatim. The Yosef, who Allah lemala mi madrigat Shvatim, Kemoshe Katum, Shkem Echad, Al Achecha, that's a possible that we didn't learn, but he says, if the sons of Yosef are Shvatim, so what happens with Yosef? So Yosef is even higher. He becomes one of the one of the Avot, Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov. That's one of the versions of the Ushpizin. Mm-hmm. Right? One of the versions of the Ushpizin comes from the Zohar, Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov, Yosef. Right? Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov, Yosef, because Yosef kind of was elevated to the level. He was taken out of being a Shevet, a tribe, but he became <coughs> one of the avot. He became one of the avot. So what is it that uh, that the Svatavet helps us with? That what's going on, what's going on is is the idea that for Am Yisrael to be Am Yisrael, they have to recognize their obligation to tshuva, and recognizing their obligation to tshuva can actually elevate their spiritual level from uh, a son of Yosef to a Shevet to an Av. It can, it can, uh, that, that can happen. That can really happen. And so Yaakov Avinu wanted to make sure that the people, his children, his grandchildren, all understood that, uh, that in order to do tshuva, there has to be a tikkun. 
There has to be a tikkun. And that explains also why the Chumash says certain nice things about Yishmael and Esav. They showed up for the funeral of their fathers, Yishmael and Esav. But, so they, they had some notion of tshuva, but they didn't have this idea of tikkun. We never hear of the other nations who do tshuva one kind or another. We don't hear that they have a, a, a reason to fix whatever they did and messed up during their lifetimes. Okay, have a good Shabbos. Whoever's going to America tonight, have a good trip. Tonight, you going tonight? Have a good trip. Don't don't bother the plane. The plane goes by itself. It's it's definitely a likable tune.